Strap one on, it's time to jam! Welcome to the now live. This is the first episode I think we've ever recorded where the show already existed. It is. So that's cool because now it, you know, now you at least know that this this isn't just me saying to you, "Oh, absolutely, this is going to be a podcast that's going to go live." I've been recording every episode. What are you talking about? You're not in it for like the long prank, you know, making me watch all these. Bruce Willis movies with absolutely no end game. Yeah, just telling my wife, this is insane that this is still going. Like, she's still, no, he's going to put it on the internet. He says he's going to put it on the internet. <laughs> I put it on the internet. It's live. So, although it's weird to think this particular episode, I don't even think will be out until 2022. As yeah, we... I guess so. Yeah, it'll be. I... Hey, I'm trying to do like editing. some quick I, mental math, but yeah. Something like that. Hey, editing me. I hope you had a good Christmas. You're pretty close right now. I bet it feels good. Wait, what day of the week is Christmas on this year? Is there a chance this episode is going live Christmas Day? Christmas is... I don't uh, think so. I think we're well, away Christmas, away. Eve, Christmas Eve is a Friday, so let's just see. So episode, episode, episode... Ah, damn it. We go live New Year's Eve, though, so this could very well be our New Year's Eve episode. I think it'll be the one after. Uh, fine. I, I think. I'm uh, not doing whatever. the math. No, it'll be around there. That means that our New Year's Eve episode might be Breach, which is kind of fitting. <laughs> so. That would be great, actually. What a way to end the year. That's, oh, that's going to be perfect. But it could also be Marauders which is the movie we watched almost a month ago to the day. We watched it September 27th. It is now October 26th. Sick adults and sick children and visiting relatives and all kinds of things have led to it being, and, you know, having to still do another weekly podcast. So do we still like, if you're not still listening to that, then that makes me sad. Please go listen to that. So it's been tough. And just a general lack of enthusiasm for Marauders, I think. Yeah, that didn't help. And also Spooktober. Spooktober was a terrible undertaking. Yes. I have regrets. For those of On you. On this, the 26th day of the month, I have regrets. For those of you who don't know, Spooktober is, is it a general term or just what you call it? Like, if, is that. I think it's a general term. Like, if you, if you go on Twitter, there's a hashtag and stuff. Okay. It is the practice of watching. One horror movie every day in October, which I have done in the past, stopped once I had kids. I think the first year my daughter was born, I tried to do one every second day. And even then by the six went, fuck this. So even going into it, you were like, I don't know if I want to do it this year. But you did. I did. And I have regrets. Yes. Now it's on tape. So, you know, in 2022, when you say, I don't think it was that bad, we can play this back for you and go listen to you. Oh no, I know it's bad. bad like last are. year, last year was also not great. So like this was like really only the first year was fun the whole way through. So yeah, yeah. exactly. By the third or fourth, you're kind of 
you know, you're dealing with the, well, these were my later choices. Like what was it last year where you watched the fly and the thing? And I don't know, there was one year where you were just watching classic after classic. Yeah. I, I had a few that were kind of like, I was breaking things up. So like last year, yeah, I had a few of the classics, had a few, you know, really great movies. And the, the year before was fantastic. Like, yeah, that was the year that I had the thing and from dusk till dawn. And yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I remember but, you having even difficulty ranking them because they're you're, oh, these are all so good. Yeah. Like this year you'd have the only problem you'd have is being, okay, well, this one, then this one, then they're all tied for third. Pretty much. I have like, I could probably do a top five, but like, it's mostly going to be the Fear Street movies. So yeah, exactly. At least you still got one more of those to look forward to. Yeah. I'm saving that. It's a special treat for all the shit I've slogged through. <laughs> We're talking about other stuff because it's tough to talk about Marauders. That is <laughs> also why so long. Uh, we took kind of a, I, I gave Sam the month off of Willis movies because that felt like an unfair expectation to say after your horror movie, hop on and we're going to watch uh, whatever number we draw today. Oh yeah, I got to do that. Yeah. I think I have to add one to the list too. I think I don't think I have the newest one on there. So yeah, we watched Marauders, uh, the, the 24, 14? I don't even have it up. We're very well prepared today. Crime drama. Um, It's by a lot of the same people who made a movie called Arsenal, which I reviewed over on Sci-Fi and Scary, which is probably actually, maybe maybe you need to look elsewhere for it. (laughs) This episode goes live. But I, I think you'll still be there. Okay, I do a thing called Cage Match. There was a movie called Arsenal. It's uh, the movie that the these same, same people made after Marauders. There's a lot of references to it. There's a lot of the same cast. It's kind of got... Oh, it's 2016. So the cast in this one is also quite good. It's full of recognizable faces. You got Christopher Maloney in the main role. Who's surrounding him? I always want to say Jesse Metcalf, but that's not it. Adrian, no, the other, yeah. Adrian yeah. Grenier, the other generic looking white man. Entourage. He's in there. Dave Batista's in there, kind of pre-Guardians of the Galaxy. Hey, it's Dave Batista. Uh, Bruce Willis is in this movie for an undisclosed amount of time that I will reveal later. I feel like there's a couple names that I'm even missing. There were definitely some people in this. I mean, there were human beings in it, but I feel like there was another kind of name. I'm looking at the cast list. Maybe not. Texas Battle is in it because he's in a bunch of Bruce Willis movies. Uh, So, God, how do we even sum this one up? I don't even think we can. So I'm not. maybe we won't even try. But the, the crux of it all is it opens promisingly enough with a pretty intense bank robbery. Similar opening to Vice, except it doesn't turn out to all be a Bruce Willis-led dream. It's an actual bank robbery that kicks off the plot. And the robbers got these, you know, cool masks. And they got this gimmick where basically, like, the Siri voice is playing over these speakers that they bring to direct everyone, you know, please get down on the ground and put your hands on your head. So I thought that, you know. Yeah, it was neat. It's a very, they, they're taking down the bank manager. Like, it's a brutal pretty well done opening action sequence that had, you know, okay, great series of bank robberies, action movie, but it's not really an action movie. Is it Sam? 
not really it like gets really into the weeds i don't know it uh yeah Yeah, it it like starts off all like heisty and then it gets into like oh but there's a thumbprint and the guy's dead so it can't be his thumbprint but also maybe it's his brother's thumbprint but like it just goes and there's like a bunch of dirty cops and the whole thing is so convoluted by the end that like another one where we kind of hit the halfway point and it's like well i don't know what's happening and i don't know that i care enough to piece it together yeah that's convoluted is probably the thing we're going to keep coming back to there's so many characters and backstories and moving pieces you got christopher maloney okay he's the cop trying to solve the case and he's got a tragic backstory involving his wife whose death is connected to another character uh there's the the other cop the kind of crooked cop who they're all like oh we don't want him involved because he's shady and then there's his immediate team like the christopher maloney's immediate team and then there's uh, adrian grenier comes in as the rookie cop who joins the team so you got all of them investigating it plus you got the crooked cop and his team are characters you have bruce willis who's kind of the owner of the chain of banks who keeps getting robbed and then his his character's younger brother factors into it, as well as, like you said, they find a thumbprint for a dead guy on the scene. He's like, how could it, this, so he's in it, and then he turns out to be involved in the army, and he's got a whole squad of people, and then there was a competing, like, another mercenary squad of people who factor in, and then the crooked cop's got a wife, and she's dying from cancer, so we follow that subplot. And then they, I think they meet with a bunch of, like, narcs, and all those characters are coming in and out, and there's just so much happening it's an overreach yeah i got to the end and like i still could not have told you like there's that whole subplot with the dirty cops but then it turns out to be like completely separate and has nothing to do with the bank robberies and it's just it's like a whole thing and i didn't understand and just it's too much too much yeah if if anyone listens and i'm sure you do to so do we still like this um i keep wanting to say we just did but in the when this releases it won't be that new a donnie darko episode and we talked about how at the end it's all very complicated but the pieces are there you can put it all together and you kind of feel motivated to and you want to watch it again whereas this movie feels like something they defined for you know oh when you watch it a second time you're going to pick up on all these things like oh that character did that which makes sense with the later reveal that of this and and also probably just helping because by the end they just have characters dumping exposition about well actually the competing mercenary team did this and we did this and that guy's a bad guy because of this so i think the intention and they kind of talk about it in the bonus features is you'll watch it a second time and pick up on stuff I will never watch this movie a second time is the problem. No, like, I mean, even just talking about the recording of this, I think I mentioned several times, like, we need to record this soon because I do not want to have to watch this again to refresh my memory on Marauders. Once is enough, I'm good. I, I think it was you who said while we were watching it that it almost feels like it would work better as a Netflix series or like a limited thing with six episodes. Yeah, like little they bits and to do. here and there, but as a movie, it failed a lot. Yeah, like it's the longest one we've done by a, a decent margin, I think. It's 108 minutes, which I didn't know until I checked the runtime when we were about an hour in and went, oh, no, there's still a while to go. But even with 108 minutes, 
there's, I would say, 10 characters who all play some semblance of a role and probably even more. Like, I just realized there's the reporter character who was defined by Dave Batista saying, oh, yeah, the, well, is it the one with the big tits? So that at least led us to a fun little side quest of trying to get it. Really? Can we see her boobs? Yeah, can we at least see them to see if it's worthy of them being her defining characteristic? Mm. So that was a fun little quest for a little bit. There was a restaurant scene, so we got all excited. It's like, oh, oh, oh. But, yeah, that's when you start to make your own fun. (laughs) Her character's there trying to get, like, leaks from Adrian Grenier's character. Obviously, I don't remember any of their names. I wouldn't have if we had recorded this the moment the credits rolled. No. So you got her character as well, and then she's actually in the deleted scenes more, and her character was supposed to be more of a thing. And then the whole, you know, the dirty cop, you know, once we find out, oh, his wife has cancer. Oh, no, like. I still don't know enough about this guy to feel sad about that. Like, okay, there's more to him than just he's a dirty cop. But you can't just say to me, oh, but there's more to him than being a dirty cop. Like, okay. And it's never even really like said like, oh, he's dirty because like he needs to pay for his wife's cancer treatments or whatever. Like she seems to just be dying. And that's kind of, I don't even it's all sad. Cancer. It might just be lady cinematic ladies disease. That's true too. Yeah. They never say specifically cancer, but she's like bald and frail and doesn't really eat a whole lot and sleeps a lot. And regardless, like it's never really said, you know, Oh, like he's dirty because like, you know, he's got the sad backstory and like, I don't know, cop insurance is not very good. So he needs like to supplement his income to pay for her. Like there's nothing there. Like it just exists to be like, oh, see, he sucks like as a cop, but he's a good human being. And I'm like, I'm just not into that backstory in general. So yeah, it's an easy way to evoke sympathy to say, you know, oh, but he's doing bad things for the right reasons. Like, okay, I'd like to see a little bit more of that, I guess, in order to care about that and like Dave Batista's character. I like Dave Batista a lot, but he's just, you know, he's Christopher Maloney's or slash friend. They go drinking yeah. one scene. Like he, it would be almost impossible to write anything about these characters as characters. Like there's, aside from Christopher Maloney, every single one of them is as, I don't even know if I can say one dimensional because if they're one dimensional, you can at least say, this is the angry one. This is the funny one. I don't think I can say that about any no. movie. Nope. They just exist. Yeah. They're, that they're is just a there. reporter. That is his partner. That is his other partner. That is his other partner. That is Bruce Willis's security guard. Like, and Christopher, you know, Christopher Maloney is not, you know, he's got the tragic backstory with his wife, which is a decent reveal. I've, when they connect it to who he thinks is the bad guy and all that. But his character is still mostly just abrasive dick, really. Yeah, he's a cop. I mean, like they're all they're all like super generic tough guy cop with like tragic backstory or not even tragic backstory, just dicks. Yeah. It's just it's not interesting. There's no one really to root for. There's a lot of like, yes, like you said, tough talking, lots of like, it's fun to watch Christopher Maloney for a bit being like, fuck you, that's that's my name and fuck that and get the fuck over here and get the fuck out of my chair, I think is something he says, or someone drops mail off and he just stares at him and he's like, okay, get the fuck out of here. Like, that's fun for a bit, but then 
the back half of the movie when they say, okay, there's been a few Willis's like this where it starts off intriguing enough. The bank robbery scenes are well done. There's a little bit of a mystery to what's going on. Christopher Maloney's fun to watch. And then by about halfway through, it's just, okay, I, I just, there's nothing here to, to grab onto. Uh, there's too much happening. I don't care enough to pay attention to it. You know, it's not fucking memento. It's not like, okay, this character is, oh, it's just, it seems needlessly convoluted. And Yeah, well, and like, that's just it, right? Is that there's like this expectation that you're going to want to put in the work to piece things together. And it's like, by the time we start getting like those crumbs to really start putting together like the links between the different characters and why this is happening. And like, Oh, like all the people who have been killed, like they work for this bank, but they were part of this platoon. And it's like, I don't care. I just didn't care. Yeah. They also think to Willis's character and his younger brother as the same name, like by their last name often, which makes it confusing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Willis is kind He's of there. Yeah. It felt very similar to his role in Vice, where he's the head of this big company. He mostly spends his time in his office. He gets to smash something with a baseball bat at one point, so that was probably fun for him to yeah, do. Yeah, he just has like a wall of baseball bats in his office. He does. He, shit. Like, hmm, ooh, this one today. It's like, well, that's my smashing bat. That's my actual bat bat. That's my intruder bat. Haven't had to use that one yet. What was that? I saw mom texted. That was fine. You got to check mom texts because you never know. And she, I don't know. My husband is out in the wilderness, so he keeps texting me, and I keep having to check to make sure he hasn't like <laughs> fallen down a ravine or something. I thought you were going to say you aren't checking those. Like you better in case it's oh fuck bears. <laughs> Although well, I don't know what you'd be expected to do in that situation, but mm-hmm. bear bat. This is my bear bat. <laughs> And there is that scene of him and Christopher Maloney and they make sure to get a few two shots to show, look, we got them in the same room. Which lets oh God, it- I forgot that that was even a thing we were supposed to be considering. Yeah. Oh yeah, you gotta factor that in. How many locations yeah. be in? Uh, I guess there's two scenes of the two of them together because there's also the end when they have their big confrontation in the final moments um, where Bruce gets to be a little bit of cocky Bruce at the end, like a little bit of like, ah, yeah, you know, figured me out because spoilers Bruce isn't the best guy in this movie so he gets to have a little cocky fun there but the scene with him and Maloney like he's supposed to be you know an intimidating threatening presence and it's this scene where in the bonus features they're like you know oh you get these two titans going head to head it's like yeah you could have done more with it probably they're just yeah. in an office looking at each other like oh how about I bash your fucking head against the window and then Willis just does his that's one thing that could happen. And the scene lingers. I watched it again today when I was seeing how long he's in it. That's how that scene ends is Maloney going like, I don't know. And I'll, otherwise I'll bash your fucking head off the window. That's one potential outcome. And then they just stare at each other. Like the camera forgot to cut. There's that one amazing part where I made us rewind. And I took the picture of where it's doing the insert shots of like, here's Willis's face in the back of Maloney's head. Here's Maloney's face in the back of generic bald guy's head and in one of them i don't know what the <laughs> fuck is going on but maloney's just like bobbing his head up and down like a chicken it's like that's really the best take that you had 
It's like, like, it's like he was warming up, like getting ready, like, okay. Here we he's go. completely like when it shifts back to him, he's just standing stock still, just like staring at Bruce Willis. But yes. apparently when Bruce Willis is talking, he's using like his henpeck intimidation tactic. It's such a strange edit, like, such a weird. And we know that, you know, the Willis days are these intense 20 hour days where Willis comes to the set to earn his $1 million. So I'm sure at a certain point, you look at the footage you got and went, we got to use this Maloney head back thing. It's the only usable take we have of this line. And if we take this line out, the scene makes no fucking sense. So you got to weigh your options. Do you hope people like us don't notice that that weird bit of business is going on and just roll with it or rework the entire scene? I guess they made you go with henpeck. Yeah, you got to go with the henpeck. Uh, the whole movie is very blue, very rainy. They say that that was, you know, purposely done in the, in the bonus features, that that's the atmosphere that they wanted, but it doesn't make for a very visually appealing or interesting film to watch when everything's just drab alleys and everything's always, it's always depressing and rainy and here's a bank and here's a building and here's a parking garage. Yeah, there's not really anything to, there's just not anything like, visually like in plot wise like the acting it's just not much no like the, you have the the bank robbery scenes are really the only action scenes like even there's not even this the, the shootouts that we make fun of where i'm gonna pop out from behind my cover and take some shots and then you pop out from behind your cover and take some shots i don't think there was a car chase or anything no like, which is fine. I'm not, you know, I don't want to say, oh, I needed a car chase in my movie. Like, that's, you know, fine. Police procedurals. I enjoy those. But this is, it's not even really a police procedural because not that much time is, I guess, some, it seems like it wants to be like a traffic or something like that. Like, oh, well, look at how these bank robberies affect the lives of all of these different characters, but without the characters. Yeah. And like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm missing or forgetting something, but like, did no one think to ask where Adrian Grenier was like during all these bank heists? I he's the lead had, bad guy, right? Yeah. Spoilers. Uh, yeah. I had to take him at his word that he wasn't a bank robber and was in fact the new, you know, I'm just the rookie cop. Why would he lie about that? bit strange that your partner is just nowhere to be found during like these multiple heists but okay he's like he's like pokeroo ah fuck did i miss the bank robbery again ah i was getting a hot dog where is it i ate it uh i gotta go i had another common complaint too with a lot of these movies there's like it's very 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 serious yeah there's no fun like, no, there's no fun. And again, that is the movie they wanted to make. So all the power, like they talk about that in the commentary. That was the goal. They made that movie. But it's, it's just, it's not even, it's not even that it's bad, really. Like I can't point to anything aside from the chicken bob heads part that's incompetent. Like with other things like hard kill, we can point to a lot of like things that are just bad bad act yeah. bad editing bad location bad action 
The movie Marauders itself is well put together. The performances are good. There wasn't that one that we could point to and go, this person is bad in this movie. The performances are good. They're just behind uninteresting characters. The movie looks fine. It's well put together enough. It's just. It's bland. Like that's really like the biggest compliment you can give it is exactly that. Like it's competent. Like it's, it's a movie that, you know, was reasonably well put together, but beyond that, it doesn't really hold a lot of interest or anything really to like get, get you invested in it right like yeah the, it's just there it's and in the scope of these willis movies saying it's competent and people cared is kind of <laughs> a compliment because as a commentary track it has interviews these guys you know they had a vision they had a movie they wanted to make they talk a lot about you know character motivations and this and this like they wanted to make a movie whereas i feel like a lot of these things are just there's some weird money laundering that needs to be done or <laughs> something like it never a lot of the it doesn't feel like i made this movie because i was passionate about it and i just had to see hard kill realized on the screen so i will give credit that this does feel like someone someone cared the catch 44 guy like say what you will about that movie he really wanted to get that project done and there was a passion there and that's the same with this they clearly cared. It's just, I didn't. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. guys who made Marauders. Yeah, no, it's exactly that. Like, I'm, I'm glad that they cared enough to, like, put some, you know, they put some love behind this. It just it wasn't very good. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I don't think there's a whole lot more to say about it. It's No. Especially since it's been so long, like I can't get into the details of why it was kind of blah. It was it in my mind is just it's kind of blah. There were a it's few just, moments that were okay. Yeah, as someone who went through it this morning to do the Willis time count, which we'll get to in a second, it's blah because it's just a lot of characters standing around and talking. Also, I like that like that last scene. They really just paint Mexico as like this completely lawless place where you can <laughs> yep. commit murder in broad daylight in a packed cafe and like eh, what can we do? Fine. It's Mexico, oh, well, exactly. Like tequila. <laughs> well, shit, that puts a damper on lunch. Free shots for everyone. Tequila. He said Mexico just feels like Mexican restaurant in Vancouver that let us <laughs> yeah. our veranda. Yeah, I, they had a mariachi band, and the mariachi <laughs> band had sombreros, so that makes it authentic. Sure did. All right, guys, I got a list of things we need for our Mexico scene. One, Mexicans, of course. Uh, two, sombreros. Three, mariachi band. Four, tequila. Five, burritos. Six, a fast-talking mouse. And seven, good a, stabbing. <laughs> a big guy in a cactus costume. <laughs> and no cops because you know mexico well better do what he says sorry director of marauders you're probably not a casual racist your set designer might be though maybe hard to say or whoever owned the vancouver restaurant where you filmed that scene i think that's marauders um yeah 
you probably don't need to watch it. <laughs> I just pulled it up the IMDb trivia. The first fact, it's raining the whole movie. <laughs> that's it. That is a fact. It's the first thing. And the most that's the one the most people found interesting. It was actually filmed in Cincinnati, <laughs> so there you go. I'll walk fast, uh, walk back my Vancouver comment. It's the right. Yeah, I think they made a big deal about it being in Cincinnati too. There's a bridge that gets filmed a lot. Was that this one with the bridge? Mm, maybe. I'm getting a, a few of these mixed up together in my head, and all yeah, which we knew would probably happen. Uh, do we usually talk about how much money these things made? I think sometimes if I remember. Yeah, we've started doing that, I think. Uh, it's loading, so I'll bring it up in a second. But in the meantime, do you want to guess how long Bruce Willis appears in this film? Oh, God, I barely remember this movie. I'm going to guess 18 minutes and 36 seconds. 10 minutes and 45. Yep. Aside from the two scenes of him and Maloney... There's one where it's literally a five second insert shot of just him reacting to something. But yeah, there's the longest scene is you know, those two with them together. And aside from that, a 15 second shot and a 55 second shot. That's really it. Huh. After his first appearance, he's not in it again for another half an hour. Yeah, that tracks actually. Yeah. Uh, this... um, yeah, I pulled up the budget. This might be the one that made the most money. 1.6 million is that yeah what yeah that's what i've got at a budget of 15 though well, you know gotta bribe mother nature you know get get those good rainy scenes when you can yeah at least with other some money unlike with a few others at least i can look at this and go i can maybe see how you could have wrangled 15 million into this between the actors and this yeah the actors probably you can see where the money went at least on this one where some of the other ones like it's a bit of a head yeah to figure out how you spent you know several millions of dollars and got you know cosmic sin as a result <laughs> and we always have to remember two two of those million go to bruce so it's really 13 million and like chris maloney must also take home like a decent salary I think I think he was still on Law and Order SVU at the time of this, so yeah. Oh, he might have been. Yeah, he could probably pull in a cool mill. Wonder if, if you go to Chris Maloney, known for Marauders, he is not. The problem is, though, they always okay. So, is he still on SVU? According to this, he's been in twenty twenty one episodes. I thought he left. Yeah, he came, he came back. There was a whole thing. There were a lot of posts about how he got. He's got a really good butt now. Apparently. Oh, <laughs> I did hear about that. I thought he always had a good butt. So that's kind of weird that we're... maybe he did. Maybe maybe they were just happy that he was bringing that dump truck back to uh, national television. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, <laughs> Marauders. He does not show off that butt in this movie. He's always wearing a no. Sorry, ladies. I guess what what Willis are we watching next? I've been waiting a month to find out. So let me just make sure I've added. Um, no, I haven't. Oh, my gosh. I have to add two movies. That's how long it's been. That's what I was going to ask. What are we up to? I'm going to I did a random number generator, but then I realized I probably didn't add enough numbers. Well, I don't know. We didn't make a decision about lay the favorite from 2012. Does it need to get added? I think I, I 
I had a reason to ignore it at the time. I don't know what it was. And it was either because I thought it got a wide release and bombed, but it turns out it did not get a wide release or because I, I figured, well, it's not an action movie, but then kind of through these, none of these are. Yeah. So I don't know. Do I don't know if we have to add it in. I feel like we kind of have to, but do we do we add it to the end so we don't have to fuck with all of our number sequencing? Yes, or? I think so. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna do that now. Lay the favorites. So we're at t- up to twenty four. And there's okay. Yeah, I definitely did not include the list where we've watched nothing. There's nine movies in a row without a because I cross them off when we do one. So there's just a straight nine. So we got to start dabbling in the like 2017 to 2019 era a little bit more here. So we'll see. Okay, I've yeah. one that we already did. I've got 16. Oh, I've been ready for this one. Oh, we didn't rank this. <laughs> what? We didn't rank Marauders. Oh, we didn't. Uh, okay, well, the next movie is Trauma Center, which. I don't know the plot, but I have definitely heard this one be described as one of the more so bad it's good Willis's, which we haven't had a lot of. No. Okay, so I'm excited. And so it's this. Yeah. All right. So ranking. I don't have my official list in front of me, but I think you do. So we're probably going to be okay. I do. Yeah. So our official ranking as it stands right now is (laughs) Breach at number one. Breach remains untouched. Precious Cargo, Cold Light of Day, Catch 44, Vice, Cosmic Sin, Hard Kill is the current list. And I slotted Marauders in after Catch 44, but slightly better than Vice. I would completely agree with that. Yep. Okay. Uh, and people are going to start poking out inconsistencies now, probably by saying, you know, hey, but on the Vice episode, you sound way more positive than on this episode. Yeah, we might remember things differently as time goes on that's how life works when people say like oh you're gonna miss these years when your kids are four it's like yeah because yours are 20 now and you don't remember what it was like now we're living it so no i i i feel i feel confident that we could we could uh defend our position on vice being slightly worse than marauders i think just because the performances were not very good in vice and again, no, and, and it was long. And it was long, and Vice, uh, it, it definitely had the weird same blue sheen that this yep. seemed to have. But my, I remember my issue with Vice being, I mean, it was the issue of a lot of people standing in a room and talking, but with nothing going on. Our issue was there was too much, but <laughs> in Vice, it was just... It was I'd rather have stop. too much. Yeah, I'd rather have too much and have it at least be competently done than have not enough with like random segments of just talking that like, it's not even exposition. It's just, it's there. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Vice was closer to actively bad. Whereas this one falls along with catch 44 in that it was, Oh, it it was fine. Like it. Yeah. I'm not going to recommend anybody watch it. (laughs) It was okay. There was nothing to point to as being, you know, oh, I, that was absolute shit. It's just, there it was. And it's slightly worse than Catch-44 because Catch-44 had Forrest Whitaker doing like 75 different yeah. accents. And fu- Bruce Willis having fun. 
Yeah, he had pecans. So uh what else do we typically do okay so i guess let's 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 look up people's thoughts on trauma center real quick do we want to make our predictions before we start doing that in case we hit uh yeah okay so trauma center i'm guessing hospital heist movie what what would you i don't know exactly what that looks like but hospital heist well i mean i watched one recently that was basically like a heist movie for stealing organs it wasn't very good but it it existed that was one of my spooktober movies so i'm gonna say hospital hostage situation okay yeah yeah that makes that makes more sense i don't know again i don't know the details as to why you would be holding someone hostage but i'm just gonna say you know oh maybe like there's a criminal in the hospital and they're holding like we want a heart transplant for our boss i don't know but that's my theory people take over a hospital and hold people hostage and Bruce Willis is the ch- again. I'm going to predict the chief who's not on scene, who's just back at his office, going get to hostages. Yeah, yeah, he's the the chief of surgery or something. And ooh, that's gonna good be, too. Yeah, he's going to be in the ho- maybe someone related to him will be the hostage. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like that. Both in both cases, ours, you know, he can be in a he can be in just one room the whole movie. Yeah, it's gonna be a really shitty version of John Q. Perfect. I can't my prediction. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's a good movie. Yeah, that was a good one. We should just start (laughs) we should just start doing that as part of the show too, of saying, look, if you want a similar movie that's good, watch this. Oh, that would be a good thing. Why not just fucking watch Heat? Yeah, I haven't seen Heat, so I, I It's significantly better than this. So, well, yeah, most things are like, I don't even think significantly is a strong enough word. All right, let's divide our efforts. I'm going to head over to, I guess I'll do IMDb because I'm already here. I've got letterbox. I'm going to predict it has definitely somewhere in the twos as an average there. Letterbox is (laughs) 1.6. So, (laughs) yes. It is a uh, 4.2 over here on IMDb. Oh, I recognize her. The main girl in this movie is, uh, on the poster at least, is definitely also in Nicolas Cage's Left Behind. So that's... Uh, All right, skipping past all that. This movie is okay. Five stars. There you go. High praise. It's just again, half a star. No, <laughs> it's just I find on IMDb it's the hardest to get through it without getting some sort of plot. Yeah, Oops. I feel intri- I'm going to read this and then I'm going to leave because this intrigues me. Ignore Bruce's acting. Okay. No, I cannot wait to see. People are saying he's not sleepy, but his acting is weird. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of Bruce Willis looks tired here on Letterboxd. Oh, so you know on IMDb it's all about he how he made strange acting choices here. So mm, well I'm intrigued. Color me intrigued. Yeah, and all right, so one more quick tour over to Amazon. I've got here one star. My dad wanted to watch it with me, back to the dad <laughs> movies, and he ended up falling asleep at parts. Fucking dads love Bruce Willis movies. I feel like we definitely gotta get this podcast in front of a lot of more people. 
because I always see, because I, I type Bruce Willis into the Google News section quite a bit. Oh, what was that face? Oh, I found a five-star review, but it's literally, wow, that was really awesome. I like when he says the N-word. What the <laughs> fuck is that? Oh, my God. What is, is that? Uh, what was I saying now? Before Sorry. That bit of madness came in. Oh, my gosh. Oh, about... <laughs> Anytime I type Bruce Willis's name now into the Google News section, which I've been you know known to do now at least once a day, there's articles because in the U.S. these movies keep hitting Netflix and they keep cracking the top ten. So these casual people, I guess, who just oh Bruce Willis, and so there's always articles about how you know his 2017 flop, whatever, has made its way onto Netflix. It's like oh you people, you don't know. Yeah, we need to get it in front of those people who are watching all these Bruce Willis movies. I came in from a walk the other day and the Netflix screensaver was just flashing cosmic sin and I felt attacked. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, the Amazon reviews are a lot of what you would expect. Great. Five stars. Five stars. It was okay. <laughs> the main character was very believable and looked like Kelly Pippa from The Morning Show with Regis. <laughs> Not even the right name. I didn't say, yeah, I was going to say, I did not read that wrong. That's what they wrote. So, all right. You hit the point where I'm just like wheezing at how ridiculous this, like, why are we doing this? People want to really spoil Trauma Center, and I do not want it spoiled. How long is it? This, is this going to, maybe this will be a nice, I feel like we need to do, like, you know, finish Spooktober, but like November 1st. <laughs> we got to, yeah. We got to start catching up. Well, Halloween is a Sunday, so theoretically I can get my movie out quick and add in a second one. I was going to make Thinking it a lot of children trick-or-treating. But... I don't think oh, I'll yeah. be able to watch Trauma Center. I think I don't forgot. understand. <laughs> it's all right, kids. Go with Mama. I'm going to watch my shitty Bruce Willis. I'll look at the pictures later. It'll be fine. Is Dad mad at us? He's just making very poor decisions. That's all. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot that that's a thing that you typically do when you have children. Sorry. Yep, yeah, that is. So maybe not. Maybe minutes. not October thirty first. So that's that's something at least. Uh, I feel like there's <laughs> all of on. them. All of them are like in the eighty-seven minute, ninety-minute mark. They just they feel so much longer. So I feel like Hard anything. Kill was like a hundred minutes it or something ridiculous. Uh, Bruce Willis news. Feel like th- there's been a lot the last little bit. Um, I think we already talked about Survive the Game, which is out now, at least in the U.S. I haven't been to the mailbox yet, but my copy hopefully is waiting for me. I should have actually went before this recording, so I could have held it up and been like, ah, it's here. Uh, Apex has been announced for November 12th. Apex in North America. Apex Predator in the U.K. I'll have to ask Rob if there's something there already called Apex that they didn't want associated with this uh that one doesn't even be getting a home video release in north america so i may have to either import a german blu-ray or a uk dvd because that's all that's been announced so far was that the one that's getting like a limited theater release it is like if we could manage to actually we might have to yeah we have to drive across the border and go to new york and see this movie in a theater i think that's what we're gonna have to do so I don't think anyone here is going to get it. Uh, Midnight in the Switchgrass has now received a Canadian Blu-ray release. For people who have been holding out for that, you can head out at your local store and grab a copy of that uh, for like 20 bucks. We do not 
if it's worth it yet, but probably not. Oh God. I feel like there was more. There's that fortress movie. There was a couple of images that came out from that movie. Uh, he- a movie that already has a sequel planned. And I think Sean, uh, there's what's that? Uh, the Tubi original desperate measures or something like that. Yeah. Is that the Devin Sawa one? There's a Devin Sawa one called Gasoline Alley. But okay, yeah, I can't keep I can't keep up. He has literally at this point, I think, announced more movies than we've watched. He and that upsets me. Yes, that's true. Uh, yeah, the Devin Sawa one we've acknowledged, but there's nothing for that one yet. There's no. Mm. Oh, there was an article about that Vendetta movie, so that one's coming. Uh, so much. Corrective Measures is the one that's uh, going to be a Tubi original. So. But yeah, the, the the general thing is lots more coming. <laughs> lots more coming. Fuck. Before we wrap up, I'll quickly type his name into the news again, just in case. But no. Nope. <laughs> Sam knock knock. No, no. Knock, no, I've barricaded. Sam. I've barricaded the door. There is no one at the door. Knock, knock, Sam. Who's there? Another. Another who? Another Bruce Willis movie! God damn it. Fuck. Why does this keep happening? Why can't he just take a break? He's already got fuck you money. Just Why can't he fuck off with this fuck you money? (laughs) It just got announced 44 minutes ago. (laughs) Uh, well, we can't look at the plot, but when's it coming? When's it coming? There's a poster. It, uh, it looks like I'm 90% sure that this is the same picture of, of him as the hard kill poster. Oh, <laughs> we didn't talk about that. If you look up uh, German Blu-ray for Apex, it is literally the same image they use of him on the poster for a good day to die hard. Not, you know, oh, it looks similar. It is the exact same fucking picture and this keeps happening this is like i think the second or third time deadlock which runs 96 minutes opens in theaters on digital and on demand on december 3rd that's so soon all right so he continues his streak one movie a month at least and we just wait one month to just do this recording so we're fucking up sam Oh, but that's another potential theater theater movie. So, yeah, yeah. I, can't, I just can't see a world where theaters in our area are going. You want me to book what? I mean, sure, I guess we'll do one 9 p.m. show for six days. Oh, that was fun. I'm so glad that <laughs> that before we went off because I don't even remember seeing that in his list of movies. All of a sudden, Deadlock shows up. With like dates and everything, it didn't even like go through. Oh, there's a trailer! Surprise, you're here. I just can't watch it, so I had to leave. So, yay, that's amazing. All right, that's one of the dreams a Bruce Willis movie announced during the time we're recording. (laughs) So, stay tuned for. Uh, Well, I guess, yeah, by this point, it's every, you know, we're actually on a schedule. So I can say, if you're hearing this, stay tuned in two weeks for Trauma Center. Thank you all for for sticking with us on this on this journey. I feel actually maybe taking that time off. I feel reinvigorated a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. Like I said, I've I've had enough bad movies this month that 
I'm ready for some some more Willis, I think. I can tell you that there are two movies going into this that I knew had a bit of a reputation as being ridiculous and so bad it's good. This was one of them. We haven't done the other yet. So Okay. Okay. So something to look forward to. Yeah. This is one of the ones that I'm kind of like, I'm almost sad we got it so soon, but. Well, so soon in the grand scheme of things, we're never wrapping up this podcast. It's true. He's never going to stop making movies. I hope because this is too late. So I hope everyone got out there and saw Deadlock. (laughs) And look and go, hey, it played at three screens and made $744. Well done. Um, yes, thank you, Sam. You're welcome. Okay. And <laughs> to me. Huh? Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, we're going to end these episodes from now on. Mutual. <laughs> uh, and until next time. Oh, and thank you, to, uh, of course, to Cassie for our, uh, our logo now, which is out in the world and people can see. And thank you to Bruce Willis's PlayStation 1 game, Apocalypse, for the voice clips and music that I stole for the opening and closer in case anyone's wondering where those came from. And until next time, keep, keep hunting those Willises. I think that's what we say. Yeah. I'm not getting paid enough to do this crap.